Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. This on? Hello? Hello? We're all science people. Science! Exactly. Evolution does some pretty funky things. There's chemistry in here. There's biology in here. The old question in science is how do you know that? Achievement equals skill times effort. That's the recipe for success. I'm about to show you something so cool it'll blow your mind. We can make the world better for everybody. Starting now. Welcome, welcome to Science Rules. I'm your host, Bill Nye. This is the show where science rules. Now, it's a call-in show. If you want to be on the show, and I hope you do, leave us a voicemail at 201-472-0785. 201-472-0785, or go to what must be your homepage, askbillnye.com. You can also check me out on the World Wide Web to find out about our upcoming guests. We are joined once again by science writer, editor, and dear friend, Corey S. Powell. Greetings, Corey. Bill, Bill, Bill. Ah, so good to be here. One of the things that I love about working with you is over the years, we've gotten to meet so many different people who are prominent in the world for artistic reasons, for cultural reasons, and they turn out to have these really cool scientific sides to their personalities as well. And today, we have someone who's doing great work bringing girls into STEM and specifically bringing girls into the world of software coding. Coding. Yes, coding. coding. Our guest today, my friends, is none other than Carly Kloss. She is, of course, a supermodel, but she's also the founder of Code with Klossy. And clearly, I mean, obviously, most importantly, a correspondent on the yes. Netflix show, Bill Nye Saves the World. Carly, welcome. It's so good to see you again, to hear you again. Thank Welcome you, to Science Rules. Yes, yes, yes. I'm honored. I'm honored to be here and so lovely to meet you, Corey. And, and Bill, that part of my job description is still my favorite, being a correspondent for Bill Nye Saves the World. Of course. One of the coolest jobs I've ever had. Oh, come on. You, were, you charmed everyone. So, Carly, yes. what is Code with Classy? Code, by the way, everybody, is spelled with a K. Code with right. Classy. Code with Classy is an organization that I founded uh, six years ago, and we run summer camps to teach girls how to code. And it's pretty extraordinary the way that uh, our organization and our community has grown over the past years. It all started out of my passion for science and just curiosity around understanding 
how the world works, which as you know, Bill, uh, I am a total science nerd. I always have been. And six years ago, I took a coding class and had my eyes open to the power of this skill set and this language of being able to understand how, how code works, how to write it, how to solve problems using technology. And I, in that kind of experience of, of taking a class, realized that so many other young women don't have that opportunity to have access to these skills and therefore the, the worlds of, of STEAM. Uh, you know, there's so many opportunities that exist. Um, and, and what we do at Code with Glossy is really try to create pathways to opportunity, first to those educational skills and then to, you know, so many more opportunities that exist within those worlds. One thing I'm really proud of is the fact that 65% of our scholars who are now in college are studying computer science or engineering compared to the 3% of women nationally who earn degrees in computer wow. science. So instead of 3%, it's 20 times that. Yeah, wow. 60, almost 66%. That's pretty cool. If one were a girl and applied mm -hmm. to this, how does a girl, how does a kid find code with Glossy? So years ago, I just started with 21 scholarships and I put it out on my Instagram. You know, just anyone who's interested, if you're a young woman between the ages of 13 and 18, interested in learning how to code, come, you know, apply, apply on our website, codewithclossy.com. And six years ago, we had 21 scholarships. And this summer we have over 2000. It's entirely virtual, but we have thousands of young women in our organization um, and in our and community. When you say scholarships, does everybody who attends not pay? It is a free scholarship to learn over the course of two weeks. And we teach, uh, we have two different programs. One is mobile app development and one is web development. So, so what language are, you, are we writing in? JavaScript, HTML, CSS, but then also Swift is the, the mobile app development. So the language for building an iOS app. But Bill, you'll have to come meet some of these girls. They are so brilliant. They're so creative. They're so, they're so much cooler than me. I'm obsessed with them all. <laughs> it's hard to believe. No, wait, how many people have gone through the program so far? It sounds like you went through a, quite a growth spurt. Yeah. So the first summer we had 21 girls. Then the next year we had 75, then 150, then 500. And then this summer we were going to have 1,000. Um, and we ended up being able to double that because of going virtual. So it's been just this amazing kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of, of kind of this, this idea that started with just my own desire to empower myself with these skills and kind of light that spark for other girls. And we have this amazing kind of connectivity of, of the community. A lot of the scholars who have been kind of scholars in the past years come back to be uh, instructor assistants and they teach their peers and, and help kind of light that spark for other young women. That's, you know, at a, at a regular summer camp, that's very, that's where you get a counselor as an alumna. Yeah. What happens to people, to women who are graduated? What's the expression? Our alumni is so impressive, Bill. I mean, they're the change makers and leaders of tomorrow. I, I mean that wholeheartedly. I mean, they're already just blazing their own trails. There are so many hackathons that have been won, scholarships to every Ivy League school you can imagine. So a lot of our scholars in the program, the two-week program, um, they build apps and websites. And we've had a number of 
the scholars build apps that have won major prizes. Um, actually, there's this amazing scholar, Sophia, who was recently recognized by Tim Cook for her app called Redon, and it aids sexual assault survivors. You know, countless stories of incredible young women who have an idea to solve a problem, whether it's inequality in uh, their community, something they're experiencing, and they want to do something about it. And they're so young, but they recognize the power that they have to actually change the world. And And you're right there with them as, as one of the instructors, right? I am more a big sister type. (laughs) We have amazing teachers and we have a partnership with Teach for America. So we teach these incredible, passionate people who are teachers with Teach for America in communities across the country. uh, And we empower them with the skills of being able to learn how to code and how to teach how to code. And we pay them to do that training. We pay them to teach in our summer camps. And then they're able to take those skills and that curriculum back to their schools and start CompSci programs at their schools. So the teacher part of it, I think, is a really, really big, a big opportunity to make a, this ripple impact. That's cool. So you're, you're teaching students and you're teaching teachers. And then does each student have a, a final project for the two-week course? So the web development uh, scholars, they build websites. And uh, this summer, obviously, in light of everything going on with both COVID and Black Lives Matter, the social justice passion in these young women and recognizing the role that they play in changing tomorrow, creating what our future looks like. Uh, what's, you know, uh, what, what's a website somebody built this summer? Oh, my gosh. Bill, you have to join for Demo Day so you can see some of these presentations it's mind blowing the way that they build apps that, you know, even around COVID, building apps that provide resources to information, um, scraping APIs with real time kind of data, uh, websites around Black Lives Matter to kind of get involved and learn how you can make impact, aggregating kind of information and resources. Elections uh, are a big topic that these young women are really passionate about too. And you have to remember, a lot of our scholars are not of voting age. I was so going to say, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're 13 to 18. And, and what's really interesting for me, and I, I didn't think about this until I was watching a lot of the presentations, and a lot of these young women are not of voting age. They don't have careers and disposable income yet to donate to things they're passionate about, but they really care and they, they know that they can be a part of making change and these skills of being able to build tools and resources um, to kind of galvanize change and, and, and bring people together is something that's remarkable to watch how they kind of recognize the role that they can play without being able to vote, without being able to, to spend dollars. Well, I say all the time, if you want somebody to recycle water bottles, get their kids excited about recycling. And then they yep. just, the, the grownups just have to recycle. Otherwise, just it's just too much noise in the household. We share a passion around uh, the conversation around sustainability and climate change. In Bill Nye Saves the World, We uh, that was a really fun part of some of the, the projects you sent me off on. But a lot of the young women in our community care a lot about sustainability and their carbon footprint. You know, there have been apps and websites built around tracking your carbon footprint, apps and websites built around uh, fast fashion and the impact of fast fashion on... What's fast fashion for this disposable clothes? 
disposable clothes. Uh, clothes. I that mean, are- the reason everybody watches Mrs. Maisel is because the clothes are so because <laughs> the clothes are so great, and those clothes from that era, my parents' era, they were just very high quality, very well made, and they took a lot of time to make, and they lasted a long time. But yeah. now, they, they were slow fashion. Yeah, that was. I guess it was slow fashion, but now. You're saying that fast fashion disposable clothes has a big effect on the environment. Absolutely. But, you know, I think the first step is awareness as consumers, recognizing the responsibility that we have with purchasing power to buy things that are made well, that you'll wear 30 plus times as opposed to wear three times and throw away. You know, I think that there's a there's a real shift in just consciousness around the role that we all can play in our daily lives in combating that, you know, fashion, unfortunately, is I think the third highest polluter uh, of of water. There's a lot of uh, stuff thrown away. Yeah. And so the argument now is to make stuff, I'm not kidding, to make things out of polyester because it can literally be melted down and reused. If the infrastructure is set up to gather it and reuse it, you know, if you just throw it away, then we're back where we started. So- I have to comment on that because you know how much I nerd out about kind of innovation in these sorts of things. And there are interesting things happening uh, on that front. And I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm excited for the future of kind of this concept of a circular loop of, of being able to uh, wear something. And, and actually Adidas is, is pretty impressive on what they're doing on research and development in this space. And they just launched this shoe called the loop shoe. And you think about just like the waste in in shipping and in so many elements of of waste along the kind of life cycle of it. And so the idea of being able to wear a pair of running sneakers and when you're done with them, send them back, they they turn them into pellets, they melt them down and they can turn it into a shirt or leggings or, you know, anything. And and Okay, so hang on, hang on, Carly. Many (laughs) of our listeners. Yes are going to are I imagine a little bit surprised listening to you nerd out on oh, wow. uh, recyclability supply chain and stuff like that because you are very well known as a supermodel <laughs> and you know I did one shoot with you that's right and, and you were playing you were a scientist working with chemicals and laboratory glassware and everybody you just get yeah. in, you Carly you got into it instantly you just snapped right into that role oh wow and it really is impressive how did you start how did you make this transition i mean it's a surprising thing my eyebrows go up if you could just see this my <laughs> podcast listeners you're very sweet Bill. i i mean it's my alter ego and just being a, a scientist in in my next lifetime i will um pursue a, a career in in the field of science and medicine that was my initial kind of dream and initial plans for my life and and you know things happened and changed my that 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 life plan changed uh, a little bit along the way but I still have these deep deep rooted passions and excitement around these conversations and and so have you left modeling no I'm no, still no. It's still my day job. (laughs) And I love it. I love being able to work with creative people. I love the fashion industry, but I also really get so excited about kind of even these conversations of of science and innovation in fashion. I think we're just scratching the surface of all that's possible. Well, do you see a growing awareness in that world? Uh, I mean, obviously you're bringing a lot of awareness into that world, but do you feel 
are the people around you responding to these ideas of sustainability, environmental causes? Do you see a change there? I do. And you know why? I think it's because it's coming from the consumer. The consumer cares. The consumer, especially young people, are very vocal and they are making brands, magazines, you know, all the powers that be in fashion aware of how much they care. And that is driving. And in addition to that, obviously, you know, people within the industry very much care. And it, it there's just archaic processes that you know, that the industry has operated on, even in how they do fashion week, you know, they, they show a collection that doesn't hit stores for six months later. And by the time it hits stores, it's like, it, the whole thing is, is in my opinion, broken. And I actually think this is a moment of, of change, of, of forced kind of change. Um, and beyond even that, beyond just what's happening right now, the fashion industry for, I'd say the last two years has really, this has been at the forefront of the conversation. Sustainability, very much so. Stick around for more Science Rules after this. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Science Rules is back. It sounds like you had a turning point. Like you were brought up, your dad's a doctor, you were brought up with uh, medicine and the technology and science of medicine, but you took one class in coding just for kicks. You said, this is it for me. What happened there? No, I, you know, I grew up with three sisters and, you know, my dad being a doctor and I always loved this kind of uh, just shared passion my dad and I had around science. And that actually was really, really, I think just instrumental in shaping just my curiosity in, in these, in this space. And I'm really grateful to my dad for encouraging that in me. And I had a lot of great teachers as well along the way. First of all, my family with a family, you know, four kids, you drive across the country anywhere you go. And so we would drive down to Cape Canaveral and, and go to NASA and see the shuttles. And, and we would talk about it at, din at the dinner table. You know, we would talk about uh, what was happening with NASA and, and space and different things going on. And, and also my dad would ask this, this question at the dinner table to my sisters and I every night that really made um, me excited to learn. He would say, what was one thing that you learned today? And that really 
made a difference in my relationship with learning. Like I would go to school excited to kind of learn something interesting to report back at the dinner table. And you got to come home with a fact. You got to <laughs> yeah. pick up one fact or, or yeah, one, and I, uh, one concept. Let's go. Totally. And I'm competitive. So I was like, okay, it has to be a good fact. Um, well, so, so let me ask you, if, if you had been exposed to something like coding with, with Classy when you were 13, uh, where you could really yeah. just, you know, not, not just know things, but do hands-on things, do you think that might've been your career instead? I think it would have, it very likely would have been, or would have shaped my perspective on the world. And, and that's what even, you know, I guess I was 21 or so when I took this coding class for the first time. And even though I was, you know, 21, not 13, it still had a profound just shift in my perspective of understanding as a consumer of technology, how things are built and how something could be built. And that shift for me, just as a person, even someone who's not likely to get a job uh, in the tech industry and go move to Silicon Valley, like you don't have to do that. That does not need to be your full career for you to benefit from understanding how these things work. There you go. Science is for everyone. Science is for everyone. For everyone. So speaking of everyone, and you had three sisters? I have three sisters, so four girls. That's a lot of women. Did, did, so, did any of them go into science or technology-related areas? One of my sisters graduated number one in her class. She went to this like agriculture school. She went. She wants to be a veterinarian. She's brilliant. So you know, one of them went down the path. So we'll we'll see. The other two, not so much. They oh, went so the other let way. Let me ask you this: We have a voicemail that asks, I think, a deep question. Uh, can we roll that digital recording? Hello, this question is for Carly Kloss. So the lack of young women in coding, couldn't that just be attributed to a lack of interest in it? And if so, why break the trend? What why, what would the benefit be to break the trend? It's an interesting question. I'm sure you've why heard questions like that. break the trend of women yes. being excluded or not showing up in Coding yeah. or computer yes. oriented yeah, I, You hear this a lot. Like, oh, girls are just not interested in coding. That's right. Girls oh, are just not interested in science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I first of all, let's rewind. Uh, young women are capable and interested in every and anything that a, a guy is interested in or capable of. And I believe that there are not enough opportunities for young women to have access to even be exposed to these skills, exposed to classes. The problem with the pipeline starts at the very beginning of the funnel. The fact that young girls do not see leaders that look like them, that they can identify with in the tech industry and in the worlds of science. And and one thing that I think is really important is highlighting, celebrating storytelling around the women that are. That has real change, that has real impact because if you can see it, you can be it. So that's one problem that I think is slowly, slowly changing. And, and two, I really believe young women are not, do not have the opportunities to self-select into this, to, to, to experience the fact that they, you know, can be good at this. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons why, unfortunately, the status quo is the way that it is, but I am very optimistic that uh, young women today are we're living in a world that is tech driven and young women are extremely aware of the role that they can play in the future and how important these skills 
are. And I'm sorry, but I just don't buy that, that girls are not interested in these worlds. Are you kidding me? There's actually more opportunities that exist right now than there are people to fill them. There are more engineering jobs available right now than there are people equipped with the skills to fill them. And I could talk forever about how like passionate I am and how important it is to have not just women, but diversity of thought at the table, building these, these algorithms and building these lines of code that power the technology that touches all of our lives. Yeah. Do you see the students in like cutting the class? I mean, do they come up with ideas and solutions that surprise you? Oh yeah. They're so smart. They're so innovative. And to be fair, I, I think the more kind of diverse perspectives and, and ex- life experience that you have of people working together or solving the same problem, the more well-rounded of a solution that's going to come out of it. How long do you think it'll be before half the developers are women? Do you have a prognostication about that? I am extremely hopeful and optimistic and determined to do what I can to change the status quo as quickly as we can. And the young women who are in our our program are teenagers. And in 10 years, they will be in the workforce and, you know, they are absolutely going to be the leaders and change makers. I'm hopeful that it is changing already. I think even you can see that with the rise in women graduating with degrees in these fields. That is fact. And there are so many women throughout the last, you know, hundred years that we can point to that are, you know, hidden figures, you know, even that film, I think did a phenomenal job storytelling around the women who have been in these fields and who have played significant roles and have been overlooked and underappreciated. And now I think we're looking back at that and, and, and realizing Women have always been a part of the conversation. And unfortunately, there's a lot of barriers to entry. There's a lot of discrimination that exists. And that is something that we talk about in our camps. We're, we're very real with our scholars. And we have a, a, a part of so our So everybody, everybody in the camp is called a scholar. Is that right? Everyone everybody? is called a scholar. Everyone's yeah. called a scholar. How do, you, how do you get into the camp? How does a girl get in? She applies. She applies. And with the application, and uh, it generally, you know, we have a couple of questions. One question in particular is, what would you do with your coding superpowers? And it's a really interesting question because a lot of responses pair their passions with what they care about. And, you know, almost if they could wave a magic wand, what would they build? And it's really interesting to see what some what people come up with. So passion is, that, is the main criterion that you're looking for to, to figure out whether or not they belong in the program? No creativity and problem solving skills. And, you know, we, we really try to create opportunities for young women that would not have these opportunities. Otherwise we're trying to reach scholars who do not have classes offered at their school, who are, who live in underserved communities. That's a big factor of going virtual this summer has actually allowed us to reach girls who live in rural or remote parts of the country that would not be able to come to our camp otherwise. So that's been a a great thing. But I was going to say, you know, we talk about the culture of tech. We literally have like a devoted part of the week uh, facilitating these conversations around the fact that our scholars are entering a field that is male dominated and they will face, if they haven't already, and uh, many of them already have, 
in their in their science classes and their computer science classes, and you know uh, many of them are the only girls in their classes and are, are made fun of when they ask a question. What's so amazing is that because we have this community of young women, uh, this kind of peer-to-peer connection and support of young women who are all experiencing this together, they are stronger for it, and they, they don't feel they don't feel alone. Anyway, to answer your question, I, I believe that it is changing and quickly. Check this next voicemail out. We all want to hear what you have to say about this on the other side, because I think you have set it up, Carly. Here we go. Roll that digital recording. Hi, my name is Autumn, and I'm a graduate student. I'm working on my graduates of education, and I noticed you guys were accepting questions about girls in technology. So I did my master's on girls in STEM and the programs available to them. But I'm from a very rural area, and I plan to teach in a very rural area. So my question is, I don't have children. So how do I start programs for girls to get them interested in STEM if I don't have that kind of avenue? Is there anything that I can do as a teacher to, like, tell my administration about the great things that girls in STEM can do? Thank you. Take it away, Carly. I love that question, and I love that this woman sounds passionate around the world of education and the role that she as a teacher can play in opening young people's minds to, you know, no matter what they're learning. Teachers, I believe, are like the unsung heroes of our world, and we need to continue to support them in the classroom because they, I believe, have the hardest and most important job I I strongly feel that way. And I think we should support our teachers more with the resources that they need. Two things then, you know, what is it? I say to everybody, what is it about your favorite teacher? And it's their passion. The teachers who are excited about what they were doing were excited about it. And my sense is, Carly, you're excited about coding and you must hire teachers to get your scholars excited who are passionate about it. But let me ask you this uh, nuts and bolts question. She's going to be in a rural area and she's going to try to convince her administration, it sounds like, to support Mm -hmm. girls in STEM. Where does the funding come from? Well, the funding for Code with Classy comes from, uh, I started Code with Classy by both out of my own pocket and uh, the companies that I work with, so Estee Lauder, Adidas, you know, the campaigns that I do as a model, I baked in to my contracts donations. And, and my brand partners are really supportive of the work that we do. Um, and we've been able to f- fund all of our programs with our brand partners and people who really believe in what we're doing. Um, and, and we're a lean organization. We don't spend a lot of money. But I think there are a lot of great resources out there for teachers. Depends on this teacher if she's in a public school or private school system. You know, there are initiatives both on the federal level and and also um, in the nonprofit space. So does does Code with Colossies, do you have a thing for teachers? Well, we do. So teachers can apply I told you we work with Teach for America exclusively right now, and I would love to. Well, that's a pretty good partner. Yeah, that's it's a great a, partner. Start you know why? That's pretty good, Bill. You know why it's a great partnership? Because when I was first starting Code with Classy, there's two factors you need: great curriculum and a, a, a passionate teacher. You can learn it anywhere. You can learn it at a coffee shop. You can learn it in you know your living room. You can learn it in a classroom but you just need a passionate teacher and great curriculum. And 
I also really think it's easier to teach a great teacher how to code and how to teach how to code than it is to teach an engineer how to be a great teacher. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that is the truth. That's as true as it gets. Yes. So that's why, you know, we are so excited to work with teachers who are passionate and excited to bring these skills into their classrooms. And I think the teachers play an important role in scaling this impact and, and introducing a lot of young people earlier in their educational paths, how, you know, how important these skills are. So one more thing, suppose you're not a kid anymore. Here's an email from Diana in Philadelphia. who says, I'm 28 years old and I really want to learn about coding. What kind of programs are there for online learning that don't involve going back to college. I would love to learn a few hours per week in between my work schedule. Do you have any advice? Must be like you. She must learn coding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, what I did was I just took a boot camp myself. And, you know, you don't have to go back for a four-year college degree. You can take a a boot camp and, and they range from two weeks to three months. And you can learn really a lot in that time. (laughs) And so I would say, and there's beyond just that, you know, even in quarantine, everyone is at home and and may or may not have some free time on their hands. And I really encourage people to, to look for the free resources that exist on online. There's a ton of great stuff out there on Code Academy, Udacity on, there's tons of great free resources, Khan Academy to get started and to, to kind of just understand high level how it works. Now, what originally inspired you to sign up for the, for the boot camp? What made you think that coding was something you wanted to do? I was meeting a lot of people in tech, you know, even though I'm a model and even though I have worked in the fashion industry for half my life, the fashion industry is funny enough, kind of intertwined into so many other worlds. I was interacting with people in art and, and music and science, meeting all these entrepreneurs who were starting billion dollar enterprises from being able to write lines of code. And when I kind of connected that dot and realized, oh my gosh, my friend, Kevin Systrom, who, you know, I thought of him as the founder of Instagram, but I didn't think about the fact that he actually wrote the lines of code initially, he and his, his business partner, that started this company that, that reaches now, I think, billions of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such an abstract thing. I think most people think technology is so mysterious and complex and intellectual. Only certain people can understand how it works. And that is a big barrier why so many people never attempt to enter the conversation. And I think humanizing it was really important for me. And also, I think I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. I think I wanted to prove to myself that I was like, okay, I might not have my PhD in anything, but I think I can figure this out. No, wait, with, with, cool. with, your, with your modeling and with your program and all the other things you're doing, do you actually, do you have time to do coding yourself anymore or? I do. And I, I love it. I've been recently learning Swift and building, you know, an app, playing around with kind of building the back end and front end of, of an app. So I love to keep building on my coding skills, um, regardless of planning to quit my day job or not. 
part of my day job uh, may lead into part of the problem of the fashion image and the, the negative impacts of that. But I try to turn it on its head. I try to use my job and my platform as a model to be able to show girls and women that you can be many things. You can be interested in fashion, but you can also be interested in science and technology. And one does not take away from the other. Science Rules will be right back. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You're listening to Science Rules. If you were queen of the forest... Mm. Queen of the forest, Carly, what would you do? I wish. I wish. It's crucial that every student especially has access to the tools that they need, equipment and a Wi-Fi connection. So does Code with Classy provide hardware, provide we computers? Do. We do. So any scholar that does not have hardware, we send them a MacBook. And we, we try to eliminate every barrier. So when we normally have camps, we pay for their Ubers for them to get to camp if they wouldn't be able to. Otherwise, we pay for school lunches. You know, we really go out of our way to, to eliminate barriers to entry. And I think that this conversation around the digital divide needs to be more at the forefront because of the inequality of just being able to even have access to. Uh, Here, describe for our listeners the digital divide. From a high level, the digital divide refers to the gap that exists between individuals who have access to modern information and communication, technology, and those who lack access. People with a laptop and an online connection and people without. Exactly. And so I think it's, it's vital that that's uh, a conversation. I wish we were king and queen of the forest, but. You know. <laughs> that would be something. I sincerely am worried about the, de- the learning deficit that yeah. of students who will not have access to the equipment and uh, uh, the Wi-Fi to, you know, connection to be able to access school and, and a quality learning experience. And I think that is going to have long-term impacts and it's something that's very real. Um, and it's something that I'm starting to, to focus on how I can help. And so if I figure out how to wave a magic wand and uh, I will call you. Well, there's probably not a magic wand. This is something I've thought about a lot is, you know, the longest journey starts with a single step. If we can get one person in a disadvantaged neighborhood connected, Mm. then she might be able to include her friends and then they can work their way out, you know, and find places to get online and so on. But Mm -hmm. uh, the whole idea, I just tell everybody, we got to vote. Voting is where we've just got to. We have to make our voices heard. Yeah, make our voices heard to change. You know, Black Lives Matter has just reminded us all of just how this long time problems have been festering for, depending how you reckon, about four centuries, and so it's all part of this greater whole. By not including people, yeah, it leads to uh, conflict and. 
and further systemic inequality. Yeah. Corey. Wait, wait. Corey. Bill, I hear a, a lightning that might usher in a lightning round of lightning fast questions that will provoke lightning fast answers from you. If you could be an academic in any scientific field, what would it be? Oh, quantum physics. Why? Because I'm so fascinated by it. That that I want to understand next. Uh, you'll be the first in the world to really understand <laughs> it. Is there a science to modeling? I think there, yeah, in a way. Well, yeah. there's a science to acting, in my opinion. Yes, yes. And so modeling, when I watch you work, that one day I went, wow, man, that's, she's an actor. There she is. You're, she's an actress. You're quite the supermodel yourself, Bill. So I, sure, I'm, I'm sure. Your oh thought. yeah, sure. So what is your favorite episode? <laughs> Who put this in here? What is your favorite episode of Bill and I saves the world? Oh yeah. I, she went to Japan. She went yeah. to Italy. Go ahead. Listen, don't make me choose my favorite. I loved all seasons of Bill and I saves the world, but my personal favorite episode was the one that I got to go to Japan to learn about vertical farming. And I met the godfather of vertical farming, you know, got to interview the scientists who are working on um, scaling that as a solution. Oh, uh, yes. I was food. a writer on that episode. Excellent episode. Excellent episode. Okay. <laughs> no, it but you guys, amazing. let me say... I know we're in the lightning round and it's pouring down rain in here, but <laughs> Carly Kloss just jumps in. I remember that you were on stage and you had to read the teleprompter, the mythic yeah. thing way off in the distance with oh, words yeah. on it. And I said, have you ever done this before? And she, uh, oh, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> but apparently you, you never know. had, but you just figured it out. It was cool. All right. Take it till you make it, Bill. That's how go. I've gotten to this point. What is your favorite app? Do you have a favorite app? Hmm. Good question. Do you have a favorite app that you've written? Um, I would say just my my girls, my scholars' apps. I mean, Sophia's app, uh, Read On, is really impressive. It's got you right now. Do you have a favorite scientist of all time? Someone Mm. you look to for inspiration. You know who I think is such a just badass is Ada Lovelace. She was uh, Lord Byron's daughter, and she was one of the first computer scientist. She did work with Faraday and, and she was just like, it's such a baller and died early. And I think she could have done so much more in her lifetime if she would have lived longer. You must tell these stories to your scholars, huh? Yeah. I'm just trying do. to imagine if Ada Lovelace were able to hear that someday she would be referred to as a baller and that she would be remembered all these a years baller. later. That would be quite a thing. Yeah. Yeah. a badass. <laughs> She'd be, she'd appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sure she would. What do people not understand about coding? That it's a language. It's a logic-based language. You just learn it. There you go. What do people not understand about modeling? That it is harder. I don't know. I don't know what don't fit. It's harder than it looks. It's harder than it looks. I think so. How can any young woman who's listening right now, how can she get into coding? Do you got any... Quick advice. You can apply to Code with Classy. There. That's straight to the point. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Find good. us yes. on socials. Anyway, Carly, thank you so much. Thanks. Our guest today, everyone, has been Carly Kloss. She is the founder of Code with Classy, and she's a supermodel. Remember, when it comes to carrying yourself like a model, while you make the apps that are going to shape the world of tomorrow, science rules. Now, if you like this podcast, Science Rules, please take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. 
It helps us out, helps other people learn about the show, helps us learn what you want to hear. So thank you. Be sure to look at my socials, as the kids call them, for more information on our upcoming guests. I'm at Bill Nye on all those things. Or meanwhile, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you remember that. Give us a call at 201-472-0785 or submit your question at askbillnye.com. Now, everyone, science rules is produced by Harry Huggins and this very same Corey S. Powell. Casey Halford mixed this episode and composed our original theme. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, Corey, Classy, Science Rules! Stitcher. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.